0: Blog Talk Radio BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology.
1: Welcome to the BDPA iRadio show. Tonight is Tuesday, July fourteenth, 2015. Our co-hosts include Tim Butts, Wayne Hicks, Ron Story. I'm your co-host, Jayla Cruz. Tonight, we will be interviewing Carl Reed, Executive Director of the National Society of Black Engineers, Norman Fleming, Senior Director of Michael Co- Miller Cores, and Kirk Williams, Director of National BDPA. Our studio engineer is El Gallamore, Gallimore, and our producer is Fran McNeil. So let's get started with our first interview with Carl Reed, Executive Director of National Society of Black Engineers. Tim?
2: So how are you this evening?
3: Hello, this is Carl Reed
2: evening Carl. Hey, this is Tim Butts. How are you this evening?
3: Great, thank you. Can you hear me okay?
2: I can hear you fine. Can you hear me all right?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Tremendous. So I want to dive in and find out a little more about you and uh where you're calling in from tonight.
3: I'm calling from Silver Spring, Maryland, and uh The National Society of Black Engineers is based in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, So uh, we're in the the DMV area here in the the Washington District metropolitan area.
2: Excellent. Excellent. We are certainly proud and happy to have you on board with us this evening. This has been such a great Uh opportunity for collaboration. Uh, Great reputation, great history of two organizations. And now here we are on the airwaves together.
3: It's quite remarkable that we're both celebrating 40 years established in 1975. And that was a a seminal movement, I think, in the history of the United States when uh, there was major commitments by institutions around the country to invest in STEM and invest in African Americans. And Um, Many of our programs and organizations are celebrating about 40 years. Um, I used to direct a program at MIT called the MITES Program, Minority Introduction to Engineering and Science, and it, too, is celebrating its 40th anniversary uh, uh, later this week. So uh, it was a a marked change in in our society as a country and uh, thrilled to be a part of this and to be affiliated with GDPA. Tremendous. Now, I'm
2: curious. I'm calling from Houston, Texas, and uh, your affiliation as you just mentioned with uh with both organizations has been an ongoing one? Has there always been a uh a conversation between what you know in the Nesby organization and other professional black organizations?
3: Well, I I believe that there and I've been executive director for a little over a year though my affiliation with Nesby goes back 35 years as a as a freshman in 1980 uh, and uh and so uh, you know I've had varying roles in, in the society including national chair and, and when I was a senior into my graduate year um uh, but I I've been involved only at a cursory level as an advisor and uh and um as an as a researcher contributing to their work. So but only as executive director for a little over a year and in this year uh we have really uh expanded our linkages with other organizations, uh, black organizations and the National a- uh, Action Council for Minorities in Engineering, for example, the uh, as well as others, the you know society of hispanic professional engineers Swede, um because we really can't we realize that we can't uh move this needle alone, and so uh we are part of an organization a coalition uh, called changes, the coalition of Hispanic African, and Native Americans for the next generation of engineers and scientists they're about 10 organizations that are part of that, and um, they have a combined membership of over 100,000 100, individuals. And so we've collaborated recently on a major grant uh, from the National Science Foundation um, with uh, BDPA and NACME and other organizations. So I'm thrilled uh, that we are part of that. Uh, but I don't know how long our history is, and, and my guess it's been spotty over the years. Okay.
2: And I guess that comes with the highs and the lows. I mean, we look back at that that seminal year, as you mentioned, 1975, just in the time frame. I guess the president back then was, what, Jimmy Carter, right? And uh, I was watching That's, the, the special. Well, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead, please.
2: Mm-hmm. I was just saying, I was watching the special, uh, I think it was CNN, talking about the different decades, and they were focusing on the 70s and how that was such a. Uh, enlightenment for a lot of different factions in our population. Things were coming together. People were able to start to see some actualization of some dreams. And uh, like you mentioned before, now we're looking at a great time where we can start to say our organizations have reached a level of maturity where some of those that were first benefiting or benefited by those organizations are now grown. We are now mentoring the youth and uh really turning those corners and uh stepping into greater leadership positions.
3: Yeah, so and and what's what's phenomenal about my story is that the you know, my leadership was groomed by Nesby. Um as okay. a freshman, you know, I I started outreach programs there in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I went to MIT. And, in fact, the first national convention was in, in Boston, steps away from my dormitory. Uh, actually, it was in Cambridge. And, and um, you know, rose up through the ranks of the chapter and then a national level, and, and now I return as executive director. And we've had other officers um, serve as executive directors, but this is the first time a national chair uh, person Uh, has has served as executive director uh, in a permanent uh, place. So um, you're right, Um, and and we should be doing more of that. Um, Our former president, uh, the late president uh, of MIT, Chuck Vest, used to say, uh, we need to lift as we climb. And uh, our our organizations need to be much more intentional about doing this Um, and, and really bring back those heady days of 1970, you know, when the six students from Purdue University from the south side of Chicago put out a call and asked engineering colleges to send their black students to Purdue in that spring of 1975. That was a bold statement and a bold move for them to do that. And that that was the establishment of, of Nesby. And uh, we've got to do that collective approach and, and move that way uh, going forward. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, most of our approaches to these problems, which are, you know, the gaps in, in STEM participation, will continue to be scattered.
2: I totally concur. Now, I'm curious. Uh, it sounds like our backgrounds are somewhat similar. Um, having come up through the ranks in the Inroads organization as well as the BDPA organization over a number of years, uh, similar histories, mentoring, development, Occasional collaboration, I'm certainly happy that we're having this conversation. What are some of the um, activities or plans for potential future collaboration between NSBE and BDPA?
3: Yeah, I'm glad you asked. And I put in place this year a new position in NSBE in our world headquarters in Alexandria. We have 30 professional staff. Uh, members there and they're doing phenomenal work supporting the organization um and I just want to mention that we are one of the largest student governed organizations in the world, so my boss are you know uh, a my boss is a senior in chemical engineering at the city college of new york uh neville green and so uh we we work very closely with our national executive board. But we put in place a new position, a Director of External and Government Affairs, um, to to really be intentional about cultivating these partnerships um, like BDPA. Uh, A couple of things come to mind. First of all, uh, really the the statistics uh, quickly, you know, it's predicted that, you know, forecast a 17% increase in STEM jobs and about 70% of that 17% increase or, you know, significant percentage, three quarters of that growth is in computer science. Uh, right. In computer engineering, um, about 16% in engineering. So between our two disciplines, or you know, our group of disciplines, we're about 80, you know, 788% of all the, the growth in STEM jobs. So, but uh, but we're not fulfilling that. So uh, we start. I, I see a couple of ways, if if I may, you know, start with the the young ones. Um yeah. we do a a summer engineering camp. Uh, called Seek Summer Engineering Experience for kids, uh, for third to fifth graders, and expose them to engineering and technology. And we could uh, really develop partnerships with your chapters to serve as judges and uh, as uh, and and provide some curricula uh, to those programs. We're in seventeen camps in sixteen cities this summer, and we expanded to grow by- that.
2: Are you in Houston, Texas, by
3: chance? Yes, we are. We are in Houston. Um, Sign me up. Sign us
2: up right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Houston, uh, Texas. And and this is a free three-week camp uh, sponsored by uh, uh, many of our our corporate sponsors, probably many of whom, you know, BDPA members work for. Um, So it just makes sense that there's a lot of overlap. So, yeah, we can we can find out, uh, get more information to your membership on where those camps are. Uh, fortunately, we're we're winding down for the summer, but uh, we sure. can look the next summer and yep. uh, and really build build out relationships. Um, our oh, collegiate, oh. you know, we have about 20,000 collegiates, about 12,000 in the United States, and they're all really looking for scholarships and internships. And uh, I understand that you have scholarships, as well as par- uh, competitions in computer science. And yes, we do. Uh, I'd love to develop those kinds of partnerships.
2: Well, I certainly would love to have conversations with those types of students, those types of interested parties, and uh, have a great showing even at our national conference, which is coming up next month. It's never too late to get the conversation started, right?
3: That, uh, that's And that's what I've I've always come to realize. You get smart people in the room, and, you know, present company excluded. I don't consider myself in that category. But you sit smart (laughs) people in the room, you sit around the table without an agenda, and sure enough, you really will come together with with some creative ideas and creative plans, and I've seen it over and over again. I mean, we have about 7,000 professionals, many of whom are in technology. We have a technology special interest group. And you offer um, with your the institute, B D P A, you know, certification uh courses and, and others, I think that's an that's a no brainer for us to really connect our members with your members, uh or our members and, and, and develop sort of a joint membership approach. So I think we have solutions at every level of the education and professional uh pipeline for us to uh, to build a stronger partnerships.
2: I would definitely agree with you. If, if our listenership can even imagine right now, the two of us are talking, we're wanting to shake hands and say this is a deal because this type of collaboration and, as you put it, full membership just makes sense for the students that are aspiring, the students that are looking for opportunity for additional funds for support and additional mentoring. Why not enrich through this type of outreach? Because there are people within BDPA, I'm sure within NSBE even that would like to do more mentoring, more collaboration, and just continue to just grow it. I always call it make the pie bigger, instead of wondering who's taking my piece of the pie.
3: Absolutely, and in the the African American community, because for a variety of reasons, we we you know tended to operate in silos. And yep. and I think that's a part of it is because we've always been allocated a little piece of pie and said divvy it up. And, uh, you know, I'm of the mind, why do we, why should we stick with pie? <laughs> why don't we make hey. our own?
2: <laughs> I totally agree. I love that. I love that. So you have uh, had a growth and a great rich experience within the organization in your professional life. I'm curious, are there lessons learned that you'd like to share with our listenership this evening?
3: Yes. um, And and thank you for asking. And uh, Tim, this has just been, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity, and I I love this venue. I I think that uh, we could learn from this, uh, what you're doing with this, uh, the iRadio strategy. Um, There are a few lessons that I've learned. Uh, One is um, what I call vertical and horizontal integration, so in order to be uh in order to be successful in any setting, whether it's your college student or your professional, you really have to develop strong vertical relationships with the, whether it's a faculty member or an advisor or management senior management management who really have to be intentional. we technology people tend to be. Uh, somewhat insular somewhat um, kind of focus on the thing instead of the relationship and i'm I'm one you know I, I, you know my I tend to orient myself toward the thing uh but but really have to focus on cultivating the relationship vertically as well as horizontally uh, the peer community cultivating those relationships uh, the vertical can come by way of mentors and sponsors those who become advocates for you. And the horizontal would just be peers, uh, whether it's study groups and others and in order to be successful and by success, I mean to thrive in an organization and uh, by success, I also mean to stay with an organization until you decide to leave uh you really have to develop those vertical and horizontal uh relationships um,
2: and the and the second the second major i'm sorry I was saying well said.
3: Thank you. Uh, and the second major uh, is is the major lesson I've learned from uh, David Thomas, who is now the dean of the, the business school at Georgetown, uh, when he, he spoke to us when I was in Boston as a young professional. He taught me how to be patient. Uh, very often times we as African Americans are last to be promoted. Um, we're last to be um uh, recognize for our work, and when we see other people who are we think are less qualified getting promoted uh they may not have the same uh skin complexion as we do uh we 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 start to act out uh in a lot of ways through you know resistance and I think that that um what Davis has found is that those who are successful minority executives they were patient they used that opportunity to continue to develop their skill set. Uh, and, and and develop their craft, and ultimately yep. someone noticed them, and they ended up moving up much more quickly than those who were promoted very early. So be patient and continue to develop the skills.
2: I like where you're coming from with that. And in that, um, first of all, I agree, and in that development that's ongoing, it's almost the saying of still waters run deep because if you're patient and you're continuing to learn, get your exposure and experiences not just in that organization but also outside of that organization, then when it comes your time, you're more than ready (laughs) and you're more than capable to handle that role and future roles. So I applaud you for that, and I applaud him for that. looks like we're getting close to our time. Uh, I wanted to just ask in our remaining minute if there is an experience or a final thought that you would like to share as we approach our annual conference, and perhaps uh you and I connect on LinkedIn, et etc et etc uh
4: what is what what's one
2: additional thought for people to take away from our conversation today
3: well we've we've got to work together um and and that's really i mean it's just a had kind of aended old statement um but um, you know, there's a there's a scripture that says two are better than one because they have a better return for their work, and a cord of three strands is not e- easily broken. And I, I think that that we've got to work on uh, a collective impact, and we're doing that with the Society of Hispanic Engineers, Society of Women Engineers, and establishing a 50,000-engineer uh, goal by 2025. And that builds on NSBE's 2025 goal of 10,000, uh, engineers, black engineers, that the country would produce um, on an annual basis by 2025. We could we could work together uh, collectively, setting a big goal, defining the metrics, um, and then and then working together toward those goals. And uh, as as was found by United Negro College Fund when Frederick Patterson called the black colleges together, together they did a whole lot more than each college would have been able to do individually. They've raised $4 billion since 1944. And we could do that uh, together as well and not have to depend on someone else handing us the pie. But as I said, we can decide whether or not we want pie at all and create our own. I love it. That's exceptional. Exceptional. The vision's cast,
2: the die is cast, and the handshake is done. Thank you so much for being our guest this evening. BDTA and all other persons out there in the listening audience, thank you so much for taking part in this particular interview, this conversation. And hopefully we see this as a spark to an ongoing great relationship between the organization and many conversations to follow. Now a word from our listeners. Now a word from our sponsor.
0: BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group Site, Twitter and Facebook.
1: Hello, welcome back. Up next, we have Norman Fleming, the senior director for Miller Course. So let's get started. Uh, what I first want to do is breathe the bio. So, Norman Fleming is a longtime member and supporter of BDPA programs, scholarships, and services. He believes that BDPA is filled with information technology thought leaders that are making a difference when it comes to preparing the black community to win the future in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Norman introduced BDPA to his company Miller Corps and the corporate partnership has flourished over the past few years. In addition to being a major sponsor at the national level, Miller Corps is working closely with our local BDPA chapters in Chicago and Milwaukee. In fact, Miller Corps hosts many of the public meetings for BDPA Milwaukee Chapter. Norman is a past winner of the BDPA Epsilon Award for Professional Achievement. And he came within a few votes of being elected as the National BDPA President in 2007. He has a unique perspective on BDPA's past legacy and future aspirations. BDPA our radio show listeners should enjoy the insights provided to us by Norman. Hello, Norman. How are you?
5: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Where are you calling out of today?
5: I am calling from the fantastic great city of Chicago.
1: Chicago, okay, so are you getting rain there now?
5: No, you know, actually the weather's been fantastic. No snow, no ice, 60, 70 degrees is pretty good in Chicago. Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) So um, let's start out with our interview, and and I really want to find out how did you first learn about BDPA and what has kept you involved?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. So actually I was introduced to BDPA approximately 14 years ago. And at the time, I worked for Kraft Foods, and Kraft was under uh, Philip Morris. It was a large conglomerate, $91 billion company that also included Miller Brewing Company. And actually, I led the the strategy work for what we call the Kraft Foods African-American Council. And it was an internal employee group that really focused on attracting, developing, and retaining African-American employees and IT at Kraft. So with that, we invited BDPA Local Chicago Chapter to the Kraft Foods Headquarters on an annual basis. And in 2001, I I participated in a presentation that was provided to the Kraft Foods Leadership Team and it was hosted by our local Chicago BDPA Chapter and I've never looked back ever since. It really was uh, they just did a phenomenal job and really Promoting the impact that african-americans made in information technology and continue to make as we speak today
4: In
1: terms of your service to BDPA what accomplishment are you the most proud of?
5: You know there's multiple so when you think about BDPA (coughs) BDPA from my perspective is a continuum. It's not a a one-time one year you get engaged you contribute to BDPA and you move on to to another set of opportunities or challenges. I am committed to BDPA for life, and that's the reason why I became a lifetime member when that membership category became available. So the way I look at my accomplishments is really not about me. I don't believe in taking credit for services and the value that I can bring to an organization such as BDPA. It's the fact that I've been able to influence in, in major companies that I've worked for. I've worked for some of the most admired Fortune 500 companies over the past uh, 20 to 30 years, and to be able to influence the value proposition of BDPA to to constituents across the corporate landscape, and 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 really be able to deliver and and become consistent corporate sponsors where we provide a direct and indirect services and value and really writing a check to BDPA, not only on a national level but on a on a local level, that's what I'm most proud of, is the fact that BDPA can receive benefits from companies like Miller Coors. We're doing extremely well, we're extremely profitable, and we should make sure that organizations like BDPA are strong and viable, not only for the past 40 years, for the next forty years. So I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to influence major companies to to give back to BDPA.
1: That's good. And where do you see the future for BDPA? What what would you like to see?
5: Well I think BDPA has to continue with its vision, with its purpose. And uh, when you when you if you ever have a conversation with, with the co founder duck I always view him as a doctor, but Mr. Earl Pace, he's a doctor to me because he's such an extraordinary leader. When you think about his vision back in 1975, there was really two key objectives. It, it was to, to bridge the digital divide in the African-American community and, second, to to develop members from the classroom to the boardroom. So when you think about those two objectives, and, and, and where we're at in 2015, We've made significant progress over the last 40 years, but we still have a lot of work to do. So there's there's a lot of opportunities for members to get engaged. There's a lot of opportunities for stakeholders to get engaged. There's a lot of opportunities for us to really continue with bridging the digital divide as well as developing members from the classroom to the boardroom for the next 40 years. And the vision I have for BDPA is I want BDPA to continue to be that mechanism to meet those two objectives in the next 40-plus years because we need BDPA. We need BDPA from a local market perspective, from a corporate perspective, as well as the impact that it makes in terms of really giving our youth an opportunity to create their own vision in which they're able to hypothesize their career and their progressive objectives in terms of making an impact in today's society. So I think when you think and peel back the onion, how many African-American organizations really touch the, touch the, the heart and touch the, the vision of the youth that we serve from the high school level to the college level to the entry level and the professional ranks and in information technology? Still, when I walk across halls and corp, major corporations and partner with other organizations, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, there's not a whole lot of people that look like us in those meetings. There's not a whole lot of executives that that are pervasive across various sectors and industries. If we did not have BDPA, I would not be here today.
1: terms of the sound field, what would you say if you could change something about it in the industry, what would you change?
5: Well, you know, I really love the the previous speaker, Dr. Carl Reed. I think it was just ironic that Nesby spoke and they're part of of this uh presentation, this radio show today. I think we have to and I love the analogy of we need to create our own pie. He is absolutely correct. We cannot continue to sustain our capabilities, operating in silos. So when you look at at major corporations, what do they do when they're faced with change, when they're faced with obsolescence, when they're faced with uncertainty in their markets? They typically consolidate. They typically will supplement key areas that they may not necessarily be the best in, but they may have to go and buy another company to become better in order to compete over the next, hundred, two hundred years, I think there's an opportunity for BDPA to build that joint venture as I would call it with NSBE and, and really sit down at the table and develop a, a mutually agreed upon strategic plan where we can harness and leverage the strengths that both organizations bring to the spectrum of STEM. So I think this is a this is the age of partnerships. It's not the age of division anymore. It's how do you harness and build strengths and capabilities that you cannot grow within your organization? If there's an opportunity to buy and partner and collaborate, then I think that's really going to serve BDPA well in the future. And it sounds like Dr. Reed is ready to sit down at the table with BDPA and let's lay that plan out and let's get it done.
1: Right. And, and you are the Senior Director with Miller Coors. So what are some of your key responsibilities in that position?
5: So I report directly to the CIO at Miller and I am accountable for what's called Enterprise Business Solutions. I support every business function across the entire enterprise. So my job is to interface with all C-level executives to ensure that we have continuous IT and business alignment and delivering value that enables our, our business. I am so proud of the organization that uh, that is currently under my accountability. We have one of the most diverse organizations at MillerCoors. I actually lead an organization of over 100 plus employees, approximately 300 to 400 contractors on a continuous basis, and we support a portfolio of anywhere from 100 to 150 million dollars that we invest. To ensure that we're meeting the needs of our business and we're a strategic partner with our leaders and we can collaborate and, and successfully celebrate achievements that we make and really driving uh, an impact in the market in terms of the products that we serve to our consumers so when my folks are in a room you will never know we're in IT business acumen is one of the key characteristics that is so important because we really understand the business we know the business and by the way, we're great at information technology.
1: Wow, that's great. That was great. And thank you. In, in your in the position that you are now, what has been the most rewarding experience with what you work in today? <coughs>
4: um,
5: I would have to say uh, the number one metric that, and and I tell this to my my team. I just had my annual department meeting t- two weeks ago. The number one metric for any leader, from my perspective, is employee engagement. So when you look across industries and sectors, typically every major company and even nonprofit organizations will conduct an annual what's called membership satisfaction survey or what will be called an employee engagement survey. And in in the industry standard or average across the United States, is about 37% on average is the level of employee engagement across multiple industries and sectors in the United States. I'm proud of the fact that my team, my leadership team, we've been able to keep annual engagement scores north of 80%. So anytime you have scores above 70%, it's viewed as a strength. And we benchmark not only within the Walls of Miller Cores, we also benchmark against other consumer product companies. And I'm just proud of the fact that we've been able to keep the scores at a very high level, and I'm proud of our diversity and inclusion scores, which has also been in a high 80s percent over the last three and a half years that I've led an organization. So that is what's important to me when you have highly engaged employees you can deliver anything in a company. You can that's when you drive and you can recruit and attract the best talent. That's when you can develop and retain the best talent, and that's when you create a culture that everyone is 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 committed to and it creates a passion for winning within the markets that we serve. So I'm proud of of those uh, metrics and I think that's what's so important because it really it really speaks to the impact of your leadership and, and employees have a right to vote, and, and their and their voice matters, especially when it comes to assessing the capabilities that we bring in terms of engaging people.
1: Right, and I know earlier that we spoke upon um, sponsorships, partnerships, collaborations, and relationships. So, um, in terms of the BDPA conference in August. Um, what it what excites you about the conference and uh, the partnerships? And those
5: <laughs> well, you know, it's always it's it's I view the conference as uh, the, the metaphor I use. It's like an annual family reunion. It really is an opportunity for you to to meet and and see friends uh, that you typically don't see unless you attend the National BDP conference. I always look forward to it. Um, it's it's just. A great opportunity to fellowship, to network, uh, to connect with colleagues and friends for life. And you can only get this type of experience at the BDPA uh, National Conference. So I'm excited uh, about it. I I love the role that MillerCores has played over the last couple of years. BDPA recognized us as Corporation of the Year. We're very proud of that but we know we have more we can give and more we can do and we're working through um it's always uh, there's always nuances in the industry that we actually operate in um uh, but we know that this is a partnership that um I'm extremely passionate about I want to give kudos to our to our corporate champion Carmen Giles uh she's worked at uh, Millacores for for 25 plus years and just, just passionate about the organization. And when you have leaders that step up and, and they have a day job, which they're working 60, 70 hours a week and accept the, the role and responsibilities to be the chapter president of the Milwaukee chapter, that speaks volume of, of the type of leaders that we have in this organization and their willingness to, to give back and, and contribute to BDPA. Now we need to get somebody to lead in Denver. We We have some opportunities there. Uh, we have a large campus that represent our core's uh, brewing operations, our blue moon brewing operations, and our next target is to to get a chapter going in, in Denver.
1: Awesome. Well, it's been exciting to listen and learn from you today, Norman, really has been. Um, you certainly represent such a great uh, company, and it's exciting to be partnered and to be able to collaborate with such an amazing company as well uh through v d p a thank you so much for taking the time out to interview with us today
5: Absolutely. well, thank you for inviting me. This has been great. thank you
1: and uh now we would like to hear a word from our sponsor.
5: The BDPA
1: Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Foundation or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. And we're
2: back. Good evening. This is Tim Butt. And we are now going to transition into an interview with Kirk Williams, Director of National BDPA. Good evening, Kirk. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you, Tim?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. Good. I'm in Hatton, Sticky, Houston, Texas. Where are you calling in from tonight? Uh,
4: I am calling from Los Angeles, California. Uh, okay. Yep.
2: And how are things there with the BDPA?
4: Uh, Things are good. So, L.A., you know, within the West region uh, for BDPA, uh, we're kind of the mighty growing region. And um, our main chapter is Los Angeles. So, that's going very well. And um, we're very excited about growing in other parts of uh, the Western region. Um, So, no, we're very excited. Well, with that
2: said, I'd like to give the audience a quick intro and uh, bio-reflection so we'll dive into the meat of the interview. Is that okay?
4: That sounds great.
2: Okay. So what I have here about yourself, you are the Chief Executive Officer of KW3 Consulting, and you bring over 16 years of consulting experience to the company, having achieved impressive results with several Fortune 500 companies, such as Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Walt Disney Company, Sprint, Visa, and others. And you are now... And the VP Strategy Planning and in BDPA Los Angeles, as you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. You are running for re election for another two years as BDPA West Region Director. Correct. And we are very, very pleased to chat with you tonight as we are interested to learn what things you envision for the growth and rejuvenation of BDPA experience in the West Region. So, that said, welcome. And let's hear more things about the West region and uh, what's going on, what's your vision, and uh, tell me about little things that have happened over, not little things, big things that have happened over the last few years with BDPA and yourself.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, I've been re-engaged with uh, BDPA probably for the past three to four years. Um, I actually got to know BDPA back in junior high school uh, where I took part in the local chapter here in LA, their weekend computer program. Uh, little did I know that times come and everything comes in a full circle. <laughs> and now I'm kind of re engaged uh, with BDPA on a professional level and helping uh, drive our uh, expansion strategy here in the Western region uh, for BDPA. Uh, so it's great to be back involved. I mean, it's great to see that, you know, we're 40 years and now that the organization is kind of reinventing itself and taking what we've done well and now getting positioned for the next 40. It's pretty exciting times uh, to be a part of the national board for BDPA and kind of seeing where the organization is going. Um, from a West region standpoint, uh, we're all about growth mode. So the Western region, we only have one chapter, and that is in Los Angeles, uh, which has been for the past couple of years. So if I had to say one word about the West region, it is all about growth. And myself and John Malanson, who is the VP of the West Region, uh, we're working together to drive a growth strategy, which we've been at for the past two years, and really trying to increase the critical mass uh, as far as pay involvement here, here in the West. Um, one of our strategies that we're actually working on that we've done in the past two years is really around creating a mechanism to find critical mass of professionals that would be interested in BDPA. So what we have done is basically created BD, BDPA affiliates through Google Meetup. And we've le- leveraged this new technology, Google Meetup, to find critical mass. So what, we, what we've been doing is setting up Google Meetups sponsored by BDPA in San Diego Great. and Denver and soon to be Phoenix and Seattle in the next couple of weeks, where the first step in our growth strategy is to set up these Google Meetups and finding the critical mass people who may be interested. And then based on that, getting the momentum for step two, and then step three is kind of moving into a chapter development process. Um, so pretty tight times, probably within the next couple of months, we'll probably have, between the L.A. chapter and other locations, we'll probably have about five conduits going uh, where we're really starting to see some good momentum in building up the West region.
2: That's exceptional.
4: So sounds
2: like you've got, in on the ground floor, you're going through a great experience uh, actually growing out a chapter, and in this case, growing out a chapter, and in turn, game planning for a region, and that is exceptional on the growth end, but also on the lessons learned end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, in my second stint as a person getting in on the ground floor and trying to grow out a chapter, I definitely echo some of the sentiments you share. I was one of the founding members up in uh, Minnesota, South South Minnesota, and now here in, yep, and now here in uh, Texas, trying to get Houston rolling. And I agree with you that the the Google Meetup is an excellent way to get the word out, put the mission statement out there, and then like minds can all assemble around
4: that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know, in the West West region, it's a little it's a little bit more challenging uh, because the the BDPA brand is known less. So it's really it's really like doing a startup. <laughs> uh, it yeah. really comes with the value proposition, with the brand, and everything that we're going through with the 40th anniversary, with the new logo, the new branding, taking what we've done from a service standpoint and taking what we've done well and how we've built upon that to get more services, uh, the new partnerships we have, talk about Nesby and Comtia. I mean, it just creates a powerful message, uh, which is a perfect timing as we start to build out here in the West and trying to get more increased participation, and momentum.
2: I totally echo that. Uh, I would say even some of the mentoring that I've gotten from some of the other people on this radio show right here, including mm-hmm. Fran, including Wayne, including others, uh, just that guidance and feedback in terms of reaching out, making sure we get a consistent message is a tremendous way both to uh, set up mentoring relationships with the youth, with the high school piece,
4: but Absolutely. also...
2: Like minded people that are scholarly that are uh professional that are wanting to come together and collaborate and I'm very excited from that very first interview we had tonight with the Nesby potential there for more collaboration and just to let the world let the world know that the words out that collaboration is key and we can do great things with the mission statement that we've had for the last forty odd years and looking forward to doing big things with people that want to come on board with new energy with our organization. That's exactly
4: right. That's exactly right. It makes it very, very exciting times. And um, it's a great time to be a part of BPA.
2: I totally agree. So tell me a little more about the responsibilities of how you juggle the ideologies of working with one chapter, but on the same hand managing and planning out the execution of growth for more than just one chapter, how is that balancing
4: Uh, up? uh You know, it's definitely a challenge. I think that's where it really comes down to. Uh, number one is teamwork. Uh, so John and I make a great team, and uh, we work together to pull it all to pull it all off. Right? Uh, there's sometimes when he's more busy or I'm more busy, and we work together as a team to really make it happen. Uh, the great thing about LA is that it's coming along. And we got a lot of participation, so that's kind of going. So we can spend more time on the growth efforts and finding those yes. key folks in the key markets that we want to work with, and really having strategic sessions with them to kind of talk through how we do this and what we're doing. Is really coming up with a cookbook with, with, with a cookbook around how to really kind of get this critical mass in engagement. So it's a little challenging, uh, but definitely helps working a team and with good people like John Malanson. Makes it much better. They're good.
2: Once again, i got to echo your sentiments. The teamwork aspect is so important. Having migrated to Texas from the Northeast, I was immediately um, taken in and partnered with and collaborated with the South region and the leadership here. Teresa really embraced me, given me the support that I need, great communication. And I would echo that to the EPA family as a whole. Communicate out. Communicate up, communicate down, but let people know that you're interested because support's out there. Because as we grow and as we work toward these annual con- conferences, that's where we come together physically. But we are also meeting on a regular basis, and the opportunity for people to come in with new ideas, new energy is always there. So never feel that you're on the outside looking in. It's an I organization, it. and we are do- we are doing big things for the for the uh, for the people involved, from the classroom to the boardroom. We continue to do it.
4: That's exactly right. And even, you know, like, like you mentioned before, uh, kind of one BDPA and even uh, the regional research team, uh, the regional directors and BPs from across all the regions, we get together on a monthly basis to share ideas, best practices. To your point, it's all teamwork, right? And we're all yeah. trying to harvest the best ideas and work the most efficiently we can to help build this great organization.
2: Do you anticipate or could you actually say there may be another chapter in another western city in the next one to five years?
4: Absolutely. And I and I'll face my bet. I say at least uh at least two to three minimum within the next year or two.
2: Well nudge me if you need someone to come along and help you out with any any way. I'm a little closer to you now.
4: That's and, and, uh, no that works. I appreciate that.
2: Okay, absolutely. Now, as we talk about growth within the organization but also growth in our mission, I'm sure that there are some experiences you've had that perhaps you can share some lessons learned or even uh, just things that you thought you knew but now you know different that you've experienced in your time with BDPA and in your professional career.
4: Can mm-hmm. the uh, audience? <laughs> Yep, and I think, you know, and, and that's a great question. And when, when I thought about thinking about my responses and thinking about some of the previous, the two previous guest speakers, uh, it's very similar. Uh, you know, my first point is that PA is a very powerful organization. Just with the 40 years, what's been built up so far, the infrastructure, the people, the resource, leadership, and it's really about all what you make out of it. And that whether it's BDPA or work or any other, any other nonprofit. It's all about what you make out of it and really tapping into the resources and seizing the opportunities uh, to get the most out of it. Um, I think that's one. Uh, Two, you know, in my opinion, uh, similar to the the, the, the last guest speaker, a lot of one's success is really based upon your ability to network and develop those relationships, whether it be relationships with people higher than you, people at your peer level. In another, another industry because to be successful it takes a village and it's, not, and it's not just about you, but it's about leveraging your resources, tapping into your network and getting help where needed to help you propel you to where you want to go. And I think CDPA is a perfect foundation, is a perfect vehicle to help someone get to where they're trying to go from a goals perspective. I agree with you.
2: Um, I'm a lifetime member and having become a lifetime member and having worked pretty much at every level of the organization except for the national uh, uh, national board, mm-hmm. I would say that the, the experiences of this organization are such that a person can really be both nurtured but also nurture and mentor others. Talk to me a little bit about your growth and your leadership role and how mentoring has made a difference for you.
4: Absolutely, and um, to me, to me, I'm, I'm always I'm always learning. So I'm always in the learning mode, always a learner. And being in this position, I mean, we all have various experiences through work and other activities that we do. But it, to me, in each role, there's always an opportunity to learn and get better at what you do, and really solidify your craft. And being in BDTA, yep. you know, taking trying to get a region that is undeveloped and trying to develop it can treat a lot of challenges, but then when, when, when you look to people like uh, people on the national board who are very good at what they do and looking to seek their advice and their mentorship makes it nine times better and nine times easier um, to making sure that we're being successful. And through this whole process, we're kind of building that professional relationship as we have through BDA, BDPA, but we're also building that uh, personal relationship as well.
2: I concur. I think it's exceptional that our organization does have roadmap tools, new uh, new uh, chapter startup kits, and yes. roadmap and guides to really assist us. So with that said, I would also offer up that as individuals aspire to different roles within the organization, you're never an island. I think that's Absolutely.
4: very important
2: that people know they're never out there alone. We want that's success exactly right. for you, from you, and for the organization. So uh, what you're doing and what you're aspiring to is another example of being able to step out there confidently and take a risk, but also being able to give back. And I think that that's to be applauded.
4: Oh, thank you. No, it's a good time and uh, it's a team effort, no doubt.
2: There we are. Well, that being said, team effort is a big part of what we do and in our collaborations, like we've talked about with others on the radio show tonight. Give me uh, another piece of guidance or lesson learned for our radio audience as we lean towards our wrap up tonight if you'd be so kind.
4: Yep. Absolutely. I think um you know if I think about some some parting words or a final thought um I hope that every listener that is on the call tonight really think about BDPA and getting involved. If you're already involved, think about how can you get more involved. <laughs> if you're not involved yet, think about joining and you know Yes, it's a lot of work, but if you have more people doing one little thing, there's so much more that we can accomplish. And, you know, with BPA with celebrating 40 years, and as we look through our strategy and you know, are reshaping that for the next 40 with a new brand, new logo, uh, new new and improved services offering, service offering that we're going to offer to our members, it's an exciting time, and it's all around going to the next level. So I think it's a perfect time to get in, get involved, and really make the most out of it. I agree with you wholeheartedly.
2: It's time to join. It's time to get busy. It's time to celebrate. But it's also time to look forward to the next 40 years.
4: That's and exactly those of you,
2: right. Who already, yep. All right, those of you who have not already formalized your plan to be at the National Conference, do it. Think about it. Plan it. It's still time. Make that plan. Commit to being there. Because B D P A is here for you. The opportunity is there. And the leadership growth opportunity is definitely there for those aspiring leaders and certainly those in technology who want to grow and learn more about technology. We have the partnerships with the partners. We have the sponsorships and the mentorships for people who want to help you. There's opportunities for scholarships. I would think it's the best of both both worlds.
4: So you got it. Thank you. you got it.
2: Go ahead. Last word. I'll give you the last word.
4: Oh, nope, that was it. I, I totally agree. I think exciting times. I look forward to everyone getting involved. And there's nothing better to see BDP in action than at the national conference when it all comes together on a national stage.
2: There we are, and there we have it. Thank you so much for being our Thank guest you. this evening.
4: Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. I was I was a pleasure.
2: For sure. Now we're from our sponsor, and our wrap up.
1: The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Welcome back. The conference ad is a great reminder for all BDPA members to register now at www.bdpa.org. Today we had an amazing lineup of inspiring and informative interviews. Special thanks to our Tuesday, July 14th, 2015 guests, Dr. Carl Reed, Executive Director of the National Society of Black Engineers, Norman Fleming, Senior Director of Miller Coors, and Kirk Williams, Director of National BDPA. Thank you to our co-hosts, Tim Butts, myself, Jayla Cruz, Wayne Hicks, and Ron Story. Thank you to our studio engineer, Everaldo Gallimore, and thank you to our producer, Fran McNeil. Extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the BDPA Radio show. I'm Jayla Cruz, inviting you to listen in on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The next show airs Tuesday, July 28, 2015. So join us at com slash BDPA.
0: PAI Radio linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. And the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio. Broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.